Welcome to It's All Geek to Me, a podcast where two friends experience popular nerdy franchises for the first time. My name is Leah, and this season my co-host Kelly and I will be traveling to a galaxy far, far away as Kelly experiences Star Wars for the very first time. And I'm the expert. Let's dive in. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to decide if I want to keep on saying, and we're back, but we are back. Do you have another thing you could say? I don't know. Welcome back. Why don't you be the intro today? I just did. I said, hello. Oh, (laughs) that was your intro? Okay, let's take it again. And we're back. We're back. Yay. With another Star Wars story. It's the last movie of the season. The last movie of the season. Can you believe that? This episode, and then the next episode, and then season two is finished. Is over. Yeah. Kind of sad to be done with it, but I guess it's a good thing that I have a lot of other media to consume in the Star Wars world. Yeah, seriously. You had started a few shows. Yeah, I started watching The Mandalorian. Which I'll admit I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. And then I've been watching the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which I am a huge fan of. Yay. Yeah, the thing with The Mandalorian, I mean, I love it, but I do think it is a little difficult to care about a character whose face you can't see. That's what I don't like. Yeah. (laughs) I get used to it, though, because in my head, it's like, that's just his face. You know, that's what he looks like. Yeah, I guess I should get into that. But you know what else, actually? I have another intriguing update, which is that this past weekend (laughs) i know ryan and i watched star wars episode four a new hope which he claimed was his first time watching but he knew incredibly specific details that i don't even think you would have known tell me tell me like he knew minor characters names and he was quoting stuff before it happened oh my gosh yeah it's a lie and you know what else before we even watched the movie we were joking around and i was like i know you've seen it before and he did the little jedi movement and he was like i've never (laughs) seen the star wars movies and i was like Ryan, you're a liar. He's definitely lying. He's lying. Why won't he just tell you the truth? Uh, Maybe he's just such a big fan that he wants to watch them together. Imagine you like open the closet in his office and then just all this Star Wars merch falls out and he's like... You weren't supposed to see that. I honestly would not be surprised in the slightest. <laughs> well, I hope he liked it. He said it was a 7 out of 10. Okay, that's Which decent. is pretty good, yeah. I mean, For a I, Star Wars movie? Yeah, I think so. Don't be mad at me, but I would have given the first episode a 5 out of 10. Yeah, that's fine. Episode 5, I would say, is a 9 out of 10. Oh, yeah. I think that episode 5 is most of the fandom's favorite film. Well, I'll let you know when Ryan watches it, but the season will be over by then, so you guys will not find out whatever the next thing may be (laughs) maybe we'll share on twitter what ryan's thoughts are i like that idea just in case anyone's curious but that's not what today is about we're not gonna have a podcast about ryan the liar ryan the liar we're here for han solo kelly's other man (laughs) oh lord and chewy and chewy leah's man my man yeah 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 my type (laughs) so should we get into it let's do it that's your type set the scene (laughs) it took me a second to register so we start off with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And this time we actually do get, it's not an opening crawl, but it's like a little information. Yeah. Which I did write down. I don't know if it was very important. I mean, it sets the scene a little bit of what's sort of going on in the galaxy. I'll be honest, reading it now, it seems less important with the context of the first half of the movie. Just because that was only like the first few minutes of the movie. Yeah, but it, it sets up like the crime syndicates with Crimson Sun and Emphis Nest and all that stuff. So it gives us that sort of background. Okay. Well, let me read it to you. Let's do it. It says, it's a lawless time. Crime syndicates, as Leo said, are competing for resources like food, medicine, and hyperfuel. And on the shipbuilding planet of Corellia, the foul Lady Proxima forces runaways into a life of crime in exchange for shelter and protection. And on these mean streets, a young man fights for survival, but yearns to fly among the stars. Who could it be? Probably Chewy. Yeah, I think it's Just Chewy. kidding. <laughs> so we start off with somebody hijacking a ship and fleeing. Did you know who it was? <laughs> of course I knew. As soon as it okay. started, I was like, okay. That's on. This is the young pilot who yearns to fly among the stars. <laughs> and in case that wasn't enough information, he puts his little lucky dice on yeah. the rearview mirror. And he sneaks into this kind of sewer area after he gets away from the people who are chasing him. And... And we see these little street urchins. Can I call them that? Does that mean? No, I think that's fine. <laughs> street urchins. They are street urchins. 
white urchins, but <laughs> basically we just kind of get a feel for what their life is like because they're talking about what they've stolen and how they're going to get an extra portion, which I'm assuming means that Proxima only feeds them if they steal enough, which yeah. is crazy. Mm-hmm. And they're also stealing from each other to get the portions that they need. Yeah, that's the life of the street rat. Street urchin, we call them here. I'm thinking Aladdin. <laughs> Did they? I feel like they called him both. Street rat, street urchin. I never saw Aladdin. Are you surprised? What? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it's all geek to me, Aladdin version. <laughs> I haven't seen most Disney movies. Interesting. So then a girl calls out for Han and then he grabs her and kisses her and she's like, you were gone too long. I knew something bad was happening. And then they hear someone outside and he pulls her in closer, I guess, into this underground area, whatever they're in. Yeah. I'm assuming it's where they live in these weird tunnels. In the street urchin tunnels. Yeah. <laughs> so he explains that he was exchanging coaxium, but then someone jumped him and he ran away and he stole their speeder. But then he shows her that he actually stole a bottle of coaxium. Wow. A vial, I should say. Yeah. And then some kids notice that Han is back, so they run off, I'm guessing, to tell people that he's there. Yeah. Keep your mouth shut, little street kids. Don't go telling the boss lady. Snitches get stitches. Listen, it's not their fault. They're just trying to get food. <laughs> That's They're hungry. True. That's true. You're getting mad at these hungry kids. <laughs> so anyway, so the girlfriend, whose name is Kira, by the way, but it's actually spelled pretty cool. Q-I apostrophe R-A. Yeah, it's cool. But I just wrote it K-I-R-A in my notes. <laughs> Same, because I don't trust myself to pronounce things. <laughs> so then they're talking and they're like, this vial is worth five or six hundred credits, which is more than they need to buy their way out of the control zone and off of Corellia. So... That seems to be their general plan of action. They do not like being street urchins, which who does, really? No, they want to get out. Aside from Leah. Well, I mean, in a way, yes, because I'm all for breakdown of society, living in the woods, living <laughs> off the land. Kind of the same. That is different. Yeah. That's like a little gnome. I don't know. A good garden gnome. Guard the garden. Yeah, you'd be such a good little garden gnome. You would love that. I hope that's what I come back as. <laughs> okay. An inanimate object. Yeah. Same. No thoughts. So then they start walking through the hallway, but then someone's there and they try to run back. But then another guy is there. His name is Moloch, but it turns out he's not important at all to the story. So yeah, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I wrote down way too much detail for this intro thinking that it was going to be very important. Yeah, it all just kind of sets the scene. But then after this, it feels very episodic. We're just kind of seeing Han's journey, but mm-hmm. everything moves pretty quickly into like the yeah. next portion, you know. But we do get to see a lot of his personality in the beginning, you know, yeah. them kind of talking to him and him trying to talk his way out of giving the money that he owes this guy. Yeah. And then them searching him and him being offended by it and stuff. And then they pull him away to see Lady Proxima, who I got to tell you, love her. Mm. She's creepy. She's like a big slug. She's just like a giant sewer slug. Oh, I want to come back as a slug. A sewer slug? An evil sewer slug? I mean, does it matter? As long as I'm a slug, I'm good. Slugs don't have to pay taxes. So <laughs> that's the dream. You can come hang out in my garden. Yeah, I'll eat your vegetables. Well, And you can't do anything about it because you're hey, inanimate. get out of my so. garden. I take it back. <laughs> you just invited me. Sorry. <laughs> nope. <laughs> take it back. I'm going to put salt on you. Oh my gosh. That's so uncalled for really. Bye, slug. So then Han is brought to Lady Proxima, which she's basically just this giant sewer slug. She's got like a pool in the middle of the room that she chills in, but she comes out to talk to him and he explains what happens. He was double-crossed and they tried to kill him and she asks where her money is and he's like, they took it and she's like, and the coaxium. And then he pauses really dramatically because we know he's about to lie. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, they took that too. Which I have to say, this type of interaction to me feels like the epitome me of like Disney style movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. Like the dramatic pauses to let the audience know that someone's about to lie. And then also when somebody does something sassy or dramatic, like there's another part that happens right here where he's pretending to pull out a grenade. Honestly, I feel like I could just skip the rest of the information up until he pulls out the grenade because it's not that important. Yeah. But Kira does try to get him saved because he's about to get killed. And then he pulls out what looks like a grenade and he clicks it and he's like, 
like, I've got this thermal detonator. He goes, click, with his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and then Proxima is like, that's just a rock. And you just made a clicking sound with your mouth. And he's like, no, I didn't. That to me is like peak Disney. Yeah, because it, it's this goofy comedic relief yeah. that sort of lowers the tension a little bit and doesn't make it seem as mm-hmm. important, I guess, because they're just like goofing around. I will say I like it, but having just watched episode four again, I kind of miss the seriousness of it. Yeah. When Disney took it over, I felt like the comedic relief was a little too much, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. I like comedic relief, but I do feel it gets a little much. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed it with Finn. I thought he was very funny. But again, it was just so classic Disney of him to be that character. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I feel like now having started watching the original trilogy again, I'm I'm a little conflicted on how I feel about (gasps) Disney taking over now. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Disney taking over, though I will have to say I find their shows to be very dark comparatively. I do love that. You should watch Andor. I'm going to keep saying it. 10 out of 10. It was perfect. It was so good. I'll think about considering it. Okay. That's great. <laughs> anyway, whatever next. So anyway, he throws a rock at the window and it turns out Proxima is a slug that is scared of the sun because she starts boiling and then she goes back into her pool. I'm melting. Which is what I would do if you poured salt on me. Mm, I'll think about thinking about not doing it. <laughs> wow. That's so, <laughs> so yeah, him and Kira run away they hijack another car and then they drive off and then they're talking about their plan which is to bribe their way onto a spaceship and then han's gonna get his own ship and then they don't have to take orders from anyone but then someone comes up behind them and hits them and then they have this little kind of street race situation where they're trying to get away from the bad guys and it actually gets a little funny because (laughs) at one point they're going through a warehouse and there's a very (laughs) tight space and kira's like you're not gonna make it you're not gonna make it and he's like no it's fine I'm gonna make it he turns the ship diagonally and he it looks like he's gonna make it but then it stops which was incredible I also love that the determination on his face never waned even as the ship was slowing down he just kept looking as focused and as if it was working I feel like this actor I'm so sorry that I don't know his name but I think he did such a good job of embodying a character that already existed and was so well loved and I feel like he didn't get the credit he deserved for that but I really feel Han Solo in his performance as a Han Solo fan I think in the original trilogy I said he was my favorite character Mm -hmm. I think he's doing a great job yeah I'm glad you think so I agree really appreciate that but yeah I was also cracking up because I saw this I don't know if it was like a TikTok or maybe it was a tweet I don't remember it was a while ago where it was like the feminine urge to tell him that the cars in front of you are breaking (laughs) which I feel like is such a specific but also very relatable experience when you're in the passenger seat your partner's driving and you're like oh looks like people are slowing down like they're breaking i do that all the time or like grab the side of the car yeah or like the little handle yeah and that's how i felt like kira was because she was like no 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 no, no. you're not gonna make it you're not gonna make it and that's me being like ryan ryan slow down slow down and he's like it's fine i'm like it's a red light but i mean they made it enough they made it enough and then they get out and run but then there's people following them and they do get to what looks kind of like a train station i guess Mm -hmm. and they're getting into line there's like a bunch of people who are getting apprehended by stormtroopers so it looks to be a sketch situation from the start and there are also these guards that have what i wrote down as worm dogs because (laughs) they kind of look like little slugs but they're also dogs yeah sniff out the situation very cute i wouldn't mind being one of them if someone knows what they're really called send us a tweet worm dogs is that not what they're officially called it might not be but it could be i feel like there's a good chance really no oh (laughs) but yeah so kira's worried and he's like oh i'm gonna protect you and then he gives her the dice his lucky dice that he keeps on having with him so then they get up to the guard and they offer to bribe her with the hyper fuel that they have and she actually seems to accept the offer but it was it was difficult situation to tell what was going on because at first she wanted the fuel before they got through the gate and kira was like no as we're going through the gate but then the guards and their worm dogs are approaching so then hana's like just do it just do it so then she drops the coaxium and then the guard does let them through yeah which i was impressed by this it was like multiple fake outs i wasn't sure what was gonna happen but then the last fake out yeah the last fake out is that kira gets grabbed right after han goes through the gate and then the gate closes behind him and she's screaming like run run and he's like i'm gonna come back for you 
I'm going to come back for you. But he actually does try to get back to her for a while first. Yeah. So my question to you is, how do you feel about this love story? Because obviously we know Han's ultimate love story has not happened yet, but his pre-love story to Princess Leia. What do you think of Kira? I liked her. I'll say, it took me a long time to realize that that was Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> really? Oh, man. <laughs> it, it was only until, like, I saw her in the light that I was like, wait a second. That's her mouth Daenerys. looks familiar. Yeah. Miss Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Yeah. I did see a lot of names I recognize, and I'm very excited yeah, to share them. Yeah. It honestly is a great cast. Kind of star-studded, Yeah. Huh? But yeah, no, I, I like it. I mean, that's the thing. I, I don't know. I feel like stories always get a little muddled, and people get upset when there's other love interests. Yeah. But if we think about our lives as human beings, what are the odds that you ended up with the person that you had puppy love with when you were younger? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just assuming that they were like teenagers at this point. I could be totally wrong. Yeah. I, I would put them teenagers or in their early 20s. Well, because we got the three-year jump. So I'd probably put him in his early 20s. Yeah. I mean, I w- honestly would have said at that point that they were maybe 17, 18. Yeah. Me too. So yeah. I mean, I'm totally fine with it. But I can imagine that there are probably fans who are like, he belongs with Leia. Yeah. But it does set up his type pretty well. Which is what? Angry, sassy female? <laughs> Angry, sassy brunettes. Oh, yeah. There you go. Kind of look the same. But honestly, I think Star Wars has a type for their main female character to be yeah. sassy brunettes. I was actually watching, this is a little aside, but I was watching an interview with Mila Kunis and she was saying that when she was younger, she was always cast in the roles of like the non-main character or the non-love interest. She was always like the sassy or evil character yeah, because they always cast a blonde girl as the love interest or as like the, the good girl. And then a brunette girl would be kind of like the bad foil of her. I could see that. So I appreciate that Star Wars has brunettes. Confessions <laughs> of a teenage drama queen, Megan Fox. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would be very easy for Megan Fox to play the girl next door. No. <laughs> she does so not either. give me that vibe. And even before that, oh my gosh, do you remember Holiday in the Sun with Mary-Kate and Ashley? Yes. Wait, was Megan Fox in that? And she was like, not my temperature. Yeah, I think that was her first role. Oh, I do not remember her being in that. Oh, yeah. She was the girl. Also, Jennifer's body. She played against a blonde. Yeah, she's always the evil. I, I, I mean, that's hard. I, I would say I think she's typecasted correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just wanted to talk about Megan Fox. So that was the <laughs> Megan Fox part of this podcast. Now let's get back to the Han Solo part of the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, he gets away and he steals like a cloak and a hat from somebody which honestly rude but whatever <laughs> yeah and he is just looking lost but then he sees some propaganda messages that are like join the empire crazy good times and then he goes up to some station and he's like oh i want to sign up to be a pilot and then the guy's like well most people sign up to be in the infantry and he's like yeah no i'm gonna be a pilot i'm gonna be super fast i'm gonna be the best in the galaxy <laughs> and then he asks how long it'll take and at first i thought he meant how long would it take to sign up but no it turns out he was talking about how long will training take yeah <laughs> to be a pilot this is kind of a weird question but yeah the guy's like why do you have somewhere to be and he's like yeah i need to come back here as soon as i can the guy's like back here sucks here that's strange <laughs> like, that doesn't happen <laughs> often sucks. so then the guy's like well anyway what's your name and he says han he's like what's your last name who are your people and then han is like i'm alone and then the guy writes hmm han solo <laughs> and then the movie ends yep that was the end of the movie good movie so thank you guys for listening to the podcast yeah 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 so two very surprising revelations number one that Han was a part of the Empire mind blown yeah and two Solo is what it means so he's alone how do you feel about that I'm gonna be honest it wasn't a huge surprise to me that he was part of the Empire because even in the first few episodes of Star Wars he seemed like a very self-serving kind of guy and I feel like Mm. he would fake anything just to get where he needs to go yeah 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 yeah. so that part didn't surprise me the Solo part did yeah because didn't his kid take his last name yeah but I guess he just embodied it I didn't mind the whole you know him getting the last name Solo I didn't like that it came from the Empire that he was like yeah I'll keep this name forever yeah some random guy I feel like it would have been cooler if it was like moment with like music leading up to him and then he was like last name Solo Solo yeah I wish that he had said it yeah that's what I thought was gonna happen so I was surprised that it was some random dude but you know what it reminded me a little bit of is Spider-Man when he's like man who dances with spiders or whatever his awful name was originally. which Spider-Man is this from? Oh, sorry. The one with Tobey Maguire. 
Maguire, where he's going into the cage match and he's like, oh. guy who likes spiders, whatever. And the guy's like, no, that's a terrible name. I'm going to call you Spider-Man. I haven't seen those movies in a really long time. And to be honest, I've actually only seen the first two Spider-Man movies of Tobey Maguire. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is the best Spider-Man. Don't at me. That's just a fact. You've seen them all? I've seen them all multiple times. Mm, like all nine. That's a movie I would be an expert in. No, just the Tobey Maguire. Well, actually, I think I've seen almost... I really like Spider-Man, which is weird because I hate spiders. I really like Spider-Man too, but I haven't seen most of the movies. I saw the first Andrew Garfield one and that's it. I never saw any of the Tom Holland ones. I think I've seen them all. <gasps> Actually, that's kind of wild. But yeah, no, I'm a big fan. I want to see the Zendaya ones. And there's a new animated one coming out. I know. It's the second one of the animated because there was the first, there was already one. I know. I've seen that one a few times already. What? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, didn't know you were such a spider buff. Is this a hint at a new season? What? <laughs> anyway, what happens next? So then we cut to three years later. Three years later. Thank you for that song. That was really good. Thank you. You're welcome. So Han is in the middle of what looks to be a crazy battle in a war crazy. and i immediately crazy. fell asleep because i did not care what well i hope you stayed awake long enough to hear a guy calling in the background my leg my I leg <laughs> and i was like spongebob you're back daddy Is daddy but literally the way that that guy said it was the way the guy in spongebob says it absolutely 100%. exactly i really appreciated seeing han in this moment because i was curious to see how they would show him as a part of the empire and i think it was interesting to show him just being absolutely confused and overwhelmed yeah and not really doing anything y yeah <laughs> which honestly checks out that's in line he's not going to be the soldier that's like heroic or going out of his way for other people he's just going to be trying to save himself but at one point he does look over and he sees a guy like being really cool flipping his guns around was that woody harrelson yeah beckett beckett i wrote woody for my entire notes <laughs> just for the record i love him he's such a great actor Love that guy. I agree. I absolutely love him. He does always tend to play the same type of character, but he does it very well. Yeah, so keep on at it, Woody. Yeah. <laughs> so then Woody, a.k.a. Beckett, he's given orders. And honestly, I didn't pay attention because war is so boring. Yeah, no, I didn't either. But he's in charge and they won. He is in charge and they do win. And then they cut to a little bit later, I guess, when they're like in their base area. And he's trying to talk to him. And Woody is like, uh, nobody cares. Just you should leave. You shouldn't even be here because this place is awful. And then he walks away. And then all of the soldiers get called over because they have to go somewhere else. The lieutenant is telling them. And again, wasn't really paying attention to the details, thankfully, because it turns out it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Han is upset. And he's like, great, more mud. And I'm like, great, more war. <laughs> and the lieutenant is like, what was that? And he's like, I'm just wondering what the objective is. And the guy's like, we're here to bring peace and prosperity to the galaxy and have a loyal regime to the Empire and also eradicate the hostiles, which is everybody. Yeah. He didn't say that part, but it was implied. <laughs> and then Han is like, it's their planet. We're the hostiles. And then the guy's like, do you have a problem, trooper? And he's like, no problem, sir. And then they start heading to the southern marshlands. I did write that down. Yeah. But then Han goes in the opposite direction because he sees Woody chatting with a lady. And Han is like, oh, what are we looking at? And Woody is like, can you leave us alone? Because you're kind of sticking your nose in our business and it's really <laughs> should go and then han is like you know i couldn't help but notice that your armor or outfit or whatever is absolutely full of laser holes which means you're either a really fast healer or you stole it off of a dead guy. So I'm going to guess that you're not in the Imperial Army. Oh, which, snap. Which, dang, <laughs> was not expecting that, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah. Ooh, love it. So then he says that he knows that they're thieves and he knows that they're going to steal something and he wants in. And then the girl points a gun at him and she's like, well, now we got to shoot him. And Woody's like, no, just snap his neck. It's less of a mess, which I thought was hilarious. But yeah. again, very Disney. Disney of <laughs> Disney says stuff about snapping necks. And her name is Val. Val. I don't know why I kept on writing Kira too. Nope. She's definitely not Kira. You know what she's from though? She's from Westworld. I never saw Westworld. It wasn't good. Oh, okay. Well, I will never watch Westworld. And then another stormtrooper guy comes over who, by the way, his name was Rio. He was the one of the guys who was in the battle.
model. Yeah. And he, I don't know, was starting stuff with Han. And Han is like, I noticed that you have two extra hands that you use to pull up your pants. So you're obviously not Imperial either. <laughs> so then Han says that he's going to do whatever it takes to get back to Corellia. And then he threatens to reveal these guys to the lieutenant, which honestly, I thought was kind of a bad idea. Well, it didn't end up working. So I think you were right. Yeah. And then Woody, a.k.a. Beckett, <laughs> laughs and he calls over the lieutenant and he's like, oh, yeah, this guy's a deserter. And also don't believe anything he says because he's a liar. And the guy's like, I knew it. <laughs> Take him to the beast. And he gets thrown into a cage. I love how they just like believe this guy that they've never seen before. He won that battle. He was doing he pretty well. Good job, Beckett. <laughs> yeah. So then Han gets thrown into a cage and he sees some armor from a- another soldier that I guess was eaten. And he hears growling and I recognize the growling. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, Chewy origin story? Yes. And so then a very, very dirty Chewy comes out and starts throwing him around and fighting with him. And then there's also these two soldiers who are watching them from above the cage. They're just kind of like standing on it and yeah. looking down because they want some entertainment, I guess. Jerks. And then Han starts speaking in Wookiee and Chewie listens to him, which is crazy. Yeah. I like how he's like, yeah, I speak a little. Yeah. And he's like, you <laughs> stupid Wookiee. And Chewie keeps on getting mad. But he's like, yeah. So he says in Wookiees, <laughs> Wookiees, Wookiees, that he can help them escape, but they have to pretend fight and then they need to knock over this kind of support beam to knock the soldiers over, I guess. So then they pretend fight. The pole gets knocked over. The soldiers fall. And then Chewie throws Han up and then they jump out and they both start running in different directions, but they're actually chained together. Which, how did that even happen? They were chained together the whole time. Oh. When they were in the cage, Chewie was pulling on the chain to get Han closer. Yeah, but how did he get cuffed up to him in the first place? Did the soldiers do it? I didn't even notice. Yeah. Well, because he woke up in the pit. So yeah, they chained them together. Oh, I didn't know he was passed out. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So yeah, Chewie's trying to run in the opposite direction. And then Han is like, no, no, no. I have friends. They, they're they really, really good friends. They're waiting for me. They have this ship. Best friends almost. <laughs> yeah, best friends. They're going to wait for us. So we have to get there. That's our best chance of surviving. So then him and Chewie run. But guess what? The ship is leaving. And we also see Rio take off his uniform, by the way. And he does have four arms. Hilarious. Yeah. He's like a cute little alien guy. I don't know what kind he is, though. They did say his type. I know his type. His breed. His race. It was like a Norian or something. When Han called him out for having extra arms, he said whatever his race was. But I didn't yeah. write it down. I didn't write it down either. But it started with an A. So he actually happens to be the one to convince them to stay and get the Wookiee and Han because he's like, you will never have a better nap than in a Wookiee's lap, <laughs> which I love. I knew you were going to like that line. But he was also saying that they could use the extra muscle. So then they come back down, they get them. And then we also get a hilarious shot of Han showering off the mud. And then Chewie comes in and he starts showering too. And Han's like, we couldn't have just done this one at a time. Or... And that's how they became best friends. <laughs> I thought you were going to say lovers. Well, it wasn't the love story we wanted, but there was another love story in this movie, which we'll talk about a little bit mm-hmm. later. So then they fly to a very pretty planet that's got all of these snowy mountains. Very Lord of the Rings-esque. Yeah. And Skyrim. What's Skyrim? <laughs> Don't start with me. <laughs> I gotta say it at least once per podcast episode. This looks like Skyrim. This does not look like Skyrim. <laughs> haven't come across anything yet that's not Skyrim-y. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. None of the space stuff is Skyrim. Yeah. So basically they have to do a job for Woody and his crew and then they can get paid and then they can be free. And by the way, Chewie does introduce himself to Han. He says his name is Chewbacca and then Han is like, I'm not gonna say all that. I'm gonna give you a nickname, which I, I get it. It's cute, but also it's only one more syllable. Yeah. He should have just called him Chewy. He didn't have to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a nickname because that's what I've been calling you for all the time that these people have seen us in the future. Also, I know this is so dumb, but it kind of annoys me because I hate in movies when somebody introduces themselves with a name that sounds kind of foreign and then people are like, I'm not gonna call you that. I'm just gonna call you Josh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, ooh, not a fan. Yeah. But I, it, it's different in a fantasy world, so I'll forgive it. I also loved the conversation 
conversation they had prior to that. First of all, Chewie's mane was looking lush, was mm-hmm. the first thought I had. Because you love him. Because I'm um, in love. Yeah. Also, when Han was explaining sort of what they were doing, like, we're going to do this job, we're going to get the money, and then we're going to be free. I loved how he was talking. He wasn't saying, like, me or you. He was saying we. Like, they're already yeah. this unbreakable unit, even though they just met. And you know what that is, Kelly? It's the force. <laughs> I don't know. It might not be oh, the force. Don't start. Don't start. <laughs> There's no force in this movie, and you cannot convince me otherwise. Mm. So the girl who I wrote down is Kira too, but what's her name? Leah? Val. Val. Did you say Leah? What you, Lydia? Lydia. Is that a Skyrim reference? Yes. Her name is Val. <laughs> so she's very against Han and Chewie joining, but Woody and Rio are on board and they kind of convince her that they're going to help. And they're sitting around a campfire and Han tells them his story that there was a girl and he wants to go back and find her. And then Chewie tells his story, which is that the Wookiees were enslaved and he's looking for his family. We also get an incredibly dumb line where Han is translating, he's like, I can't tell if he says tribe or family. And Woody is like, what's the difference? And I'm also like, what is the difference? It's literally the same. It's the same thing. I understood that because family is blood and tribe can be chosen. And so I think- I disagree with family is blood though. I feel like family can be your chosen family. So I do feel like family and tribe are the same word. I agree with that. I think you can choose your family, but I think the definition of the word family is not that. And it's sort of like more- molded into that depending on who you are. So I think in this situation, we have a whole bunch of people that have come together and have become family because they are a tribe. I'm not sold. I am sold. I think that Han hasn't found the meaning of the word family yet for himself. Yeah. Maybe. I'm not disagreeing with you that family oh, can be gosh. chosen. I'm disagreeing with you no, I know, that I know. Han doesn't understand that. No, no. I actually, I do completely get it. I just thought it was a dumb line, but I can see that you think it's a very good line. I thought it was cute. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. It's sort of like the beginning of Han realizing that. It's part of his journey. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. It's kind of just Han's point of view here. Yeah. But anyway, then we get onto the heist point of the movie. And I have to tell you, I know I complain a lot about war movies. The only thing, well, actually, that's not even true. War movies, I would say, are my least favorite. No, sports movies are my least favorite movie. Sports then, movies? Yeah. Blah! <laughs> Who would want to watch a sports movie? So the bottom of the rung goes sports movie, then war movies. Oh, my God. I wouldn't even even thought to put that on the list. <laughs> Can't watch a sports movie. Oh, my Oof. God. No. Sports movie, then war movie, and then very closely after war movie is heist movies. I like heists. I hate them. Sometimes. They're I'll be reading a book a lot of times I'll read books without reading the synopsis and I'll get into it I'll be like halfway and be like wait this is a heist and then I just stop reading it (laughs) I hate a heist book see I don't know what this is because it's not a war movie but we saw a war it's not a heist movie but we saw a heist it's a love story just kidding I mean maybe (laughs) it kind of is it's more of just an adventure but they're really throwing in a little bit of everything so maybe there will be a sports section of the movie and then I can really dislike it god I hope but you know what despite what's happening (laughs) despite what's happening though I I am enjoying it I think it's good so far but I will say I did not write down much detail about this heist because I realized that I wrote down way too much detail about the war and the original part of the story in the beginning so I was like at this point I think we're just going through different adventures and I don't need every single detail of every single adventure yeah they're all like episodic really I thought this would have done really well as a television show but a movie's fine too you know what it was reminding me of The Witcher where it was kind of just like episodic I didn't like The Witcher I didn't watch the show I found it very confusing but i did read the first book i didn't like the book either it was kind of like that oh and you know what else did you read american gods no it was kind of like that where it was just kind of like little chunks where i mean it was like loosely tied together but i felt like stuff didn't really matter once you got to the next episode i kind of think the mandalorian is sort of like that where it is episodic but there is also a through line but he's Mm -hmm. a bounty hunter not a criminal well anyway so the heist does begin and basically they're gonna steal some coaxium they need a hundred keys of coaxium. Yeah, from this big shipping container. There is, at the beginning, a little conversation about how there's like this group of pirates that might also be stealing it, but then Woody Harrelson is like, oh, no, no, they don't know about it. Nobody else knows this intel. But Val is not happy. But Val, no, Val is not happy. And the group of pirates is called Emphis Nest. Emphis Nest, yeah. Mm -hmm. They were some cool pirates, I'm not gonna lie. I did write down one line that they said, which I really appreciated, but I'll, I'll get there. So yeah, they're trying to detach this compartment of a train and they're doing that while Val is setting up a little bomb that she has to detonate at a certain time and we also have Rio flying the ship because he's going to grab 
the piece of train with cables and they're going to fly it away. So that's kind of the plan. But it doesn't go as expected because the pirates come and they're trying to get the coaxium as well. And also, I did want to note, I know you'll be very proud of me, wild music here. Absolutely insane. Mm. There was a little choir where they were like, and it was like, yeah. I feel like it was sort of the same thing with Rogue One where we get little flavors of sort of the original score that we're used to. But for the most part, it's its own sort of thing. Yeah, that was very fun. I thought that the heist part itself was interesting because it was more of just like a cool futuristic kind of battle situation. But there Mm -hmm. was also a train. And also somebody jumps onto the ship and shoots Rio. And you know what? Before he died, and I didn't realize that he was going to die at this point. But when somebody jumped onto the ship and he just starts shooting wildly with like three of his arms, I was like, man, that's crazy that he's just shooting his own ship. Like he should aim better. Yeah. Especially with so many arms, you'd think that he'd get. Well, he did get the guy in the end, but the guy got him. Yeah, the guy got him. So he's like dying. And then Han is like, I got this. So he jumps onto the ship and he starts piloting it. And then Woody and the pirate are fighting. And then Rio is like, Val was right. You can't live in this world alone by yourself. And then he dies. Oh, yeah. We didn't reference that conversation. But when Han was talking about Kira and how he had to go back to her, Val had mentioned something about how it's good to be partnered up in the world. And she's got Beckett. And this was actually supposed to be their last heist. They were going to do the heist. They were going to get the money and he was going to learn how to play the yeah. <laughs> some sort of instrument. The real lesson here is that you can never say, this is my last one and then I'm retiring because that's when you die. Yeah. You always have to say, no, I'm going to still go forever. That's Yeah, <laughs> it's always a, a good foreshadowing moment when they're like, once this is over, baby, you and me, we're going to retire on the farm. We're going to get a lot of goats. We're going to open a goat yoga studio. It's going to be great. Yeah. So they said all that and obviously it didn't work out for them. In episode four, I think it was, there was also a thing with Luke and his friend was like, oh, tell me the story when we get back. And it's like, oh. Yeah, he died. (laughs) Or when they're like, I'll come back for you, usually is a sign. I thought that Kira was going to be dead when he came back because usually when they're like, oh, I'll come back for you, that means that they're going to be dead when they come back. But something else happened. They tricked us a little. Yeah, something weird happened. Something different happened. (laughs) So yeah, Val is cornered. She's like hiding behind this pole and there are these two droids that are shooting at her, which again, incredibly dumb to me because why didn't they just fly forward a little bit more and then just shoot directly at her? Like they were shooting at where she was hiding behind, but they didn't fly a little bit forward. Maybe their old model droids, they don't have as much sense as the new model droids. Come up with your excuses. That's fine. But it it was a little spot (laughs) of bad writing. (laughs) That was a bad accent. That was really bad. That was a bad accent. Bad writing. I'm sorry. I'm not a voice actor. Are we being British? Is that British? A bit about writing. That's really bad. Should I do the rest of this in a British accent? I'm wondering how many British followers we're losing right now just from attempting accents. All of them. (laughs) Uh, It's only out of love and respect. I wish I was good at it. I want to fake people out, but I clearly I cannot. So when I lived in London, I did trick this one guy, but he was from Michigan. So I don't know if that counts. That doesn't if count. You gotta you gotta fake out a British person. The thing that absolutely blows me away is when I'm watching an interview with an actor and I find out that they have an accent. <gasps> I don't even know the name Ugh. of some of these people. The the one who was the mom in uh what was it called? Like Little Miss Sunshine or something. She's in a bunch of other things, but that's the only thing I can think of right now. See, I hate when they're doing an American accent and I can tell. I'm usually yeah. really good at telling that like Emma Watson. Yeah, she's not the best. <laughs> I actually didn't know that Tom Holland wasn't American until I saw oh, really? him in interviews. Yeah, I thought he did a very good job. He does a good job, yeah. So, yeah, she is cornered and she apologizes to Woody and she's like, all right, we had a good run. And then she blows up the bridge while she's on it. Crazy. Which is crazy. But yeah, very sad. Woody's screaming. And they grab the train compartment and the pirates have it too. And then this is the line I wrote down because I loved it. Because one pirate is like, release your cables or die. <laughs> I don't know. It was great. It reminded me a little bit of like Mortal Kombat. That's so cheesy. Did you ever see the original Kombat movie? Uh, yeah, but a long time ago. There's 
there's like one part with I forget her name is it Tanya and Sindel is talking to her and she's like you're alive and she's like and now it's time for you to die <laughs> I remember though the first time seeing this movie I was floored that Val and Rio both died I was like wow I thought this was our cast of characters they just introduced them to us to kill them the craziest part of this and that nobody's really registering they died for nothing they died for nothing I know dude if I was Beckett I would have killed Han I would have murdered yeah. him and he's just immediately fine so like they have a moment because yeah the coaxium blows up and the pirates are gone whatever and then they land and then Woody just punches him and then he's like uh, whatever and then they keep on going on their next adventure I would never forgive somebody for killing my partner for no, no reason for literally no reason unforgivable I would be like alright I'm out I'm gonna run away and I'm never gonna speak to anybody ever again Han shouldn't have dropped the coaxium because they had a ship the, the other people were just on a few speeders they couldn't even yeah. hold it by themselves so if he just did what Beckett said they could have gotten the coaxium but then the movie would have been over yeah but that would have been fine because then they would have died for something instead of dying for nothing for literally nothing I know yeah I was sad to see Rio go because I like I him thought a lot. he was great I really wanted him to take a nap in Chewie's lap I hope he got an opportunity yeah before he oh, died I hope so too but I, I doubt it honestly yeah Disney would have shown it I just learned the craziest thing that I need to tell you just now just this moment no 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 but I just remembered it do you know the reason why apparently Disney only lightly peppers in LGBT content to appease their conservative viewers no so when they show them in other countries where it's illegal to be gay they can easily cut out those scenes and I'm like no that's BS doesn't surprise me but it is annoying I mean Disney is also known to change around movie posters and stuff I believe they actually cut Finn out of the movie poster they did. when they were doing Star Wars. They did. They did. Very disappointing. Not a fan. Disney, do better. Yeah, not a fan. But they do, they give us crumbs and we are supposed to appreciate it. And we're just eating them up. <laughs> we do. We do eat them up. <laughs> but yeah, so then Woody A.K. Beckett says that he was hired by Crimson Dawn and when they find out that they don't have the coaxium, they're going to kill him. And Han is like, well, yeah, let's just run. I'm already a deserter. It's fine. And then Woody's like, you don't understand. I have to go to them because it's not the same. And then Han is like, all right, then let's go. And then Woody is like, yeah, well, they don't know you. They don't know your face. So like you're free right now. But if you come with me, like you're in this for life, like this is it. So make your decision. And then Han is like, well, do I still get my money? And then Woody's like, maybe. And he's like, all right, then it's worth it. Which I feel like was just him making up an excuse because he probably felt guilty for killing his girlfriend. Yeah, I think so too. But it's also showing the camaraderie, you know, them becoming a family or a tribe. Oh, Lord, don't get started again. (laughs) So then they start walking in the mountains, which I don't understand why they didn't just take the ship because it seems like it was a far walk, but whatever. (laughs) And they go to this giant ship, which is apparently a yacht, but it's like a space yacht. Yeah. So why are they calling it a yacht? I don't know. Different language, you know, family, tribe, yacht, spaceship, same thing. So then they check their weapons at the gate, which I thought was going to be important, but it's not. And then we go to a little party and there is a little singer and her partner who looks like celery root with a face. And (laughs) I wrote, no Star Wars movie is complete without a little jazz bar scene. A little dance break. And then Woody goes up to a woman. He's like, I need to speak with Dryden. He's expecting me. And the woman's like, oh, he's just finishing with the governor and then we cut to him killing said governor which was great amazing it's a great introduction into that character so we know what dryden's all about yeah and then woody tells han and chewie to keep their eyes down don't look at anybody none of these people are their friends and then he goes off to get a drink and then chewie i i guess that he was saying i'm gonna go get a drink too <laughs> and then han like waves him off and he goes over to a window and then somebody taps him on the shoulder and he's like chewie leave me alone or whatever and then he turns around guess who it is who it's kira we're you so shocked? I was shocked. I really <laughs> thought that she was going to be dead. And she looks great. She looks great. And she definitely looks like Daenerys now. So. Yeah. And she also looks super rich, by the way. Yeah, she does. Like, she just looks well 
exactly. Yeah. So yeah, he's like gasped when he runs over and hugs her. And then she's like, oh yeah, like I work here. Why are you here? And he was like, I've been looking for you. I'm on this job right now because I was going to come save you. And she's like, oh, it's in the past now. And he's like, yeah, but I mean, that's what I've been doing all this time. And she's like, well, now you don't have to go back for me because I'm here. And then he starts talking. He's like, that day when we got separated and she's like, don't worry, if you had stayed, they would have killed you. I'm glad you're out. And then he's like, how did you get out? And she says, I didn't. Ooh, chills. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So then they start walking and she's like, you look good. And then as she's grabbing a drink, he sees that she has a tattoo on her wrist, Mm -hmm. which to me in movies is usually an indication that they're a prostitute now. I definitely think she is being trafficked to Dryden specifically. Mm -hmm. I don't think that she's working with anyone else because obviously he trusts her and he is using her and he calls her her top lieutenant but I do think that there is a relationship between the two of them that I don't think is necessarily 100% consensual because there is some Mm -hmm. sort of transactional power imbalance. Yeah and power imbalance as well. Yeah for sure. And then Chewie also great moment sees him with his own drink and then he is like and then he drinks both of the drinks that he got <laughs> oh we also got this other really cute line because Kira's like what should we drink to and Han is like we'll drink two and see what happens which I love that I'm gonna say that yeah I thought that was cute yeah <laughs> so keep an eye out for the next time we go out somewhere I'm gonna use that line we don't drink but let's do it <laughs> we'll drink water <laughs> we'll drink water <laughs> see what happens <laughs> so then Han is telling her that he is closing a deal to get his ship and she's like oh yeah like I thought about you a lot imagining you on adventures and then Beckett comes over and he starts yelling at Han for talking to somebody and this was so dumb to me because Han was like obviously if I look down I'm gonna run into people which I'm like he didn't say literally look down did he just don't look at anybody (laughs) yeah and then Kira recognizes him and she's like you two work together and then Dryden comes out and he actually seems very loving to Woody at first I thought that maybe they had a closer relationship because he's like oh I'm so sorry to hear about Val and he's like touching his face and stuff which at first I thought was cute no I think it was to lower his guard oh oh but yeah then he introduces himself to Han and he's like I see you've already met my top lieutenant and then that's that reveal and then he also puts his hand on her which was a very possessive gesture in my opinion well did you notice the ring he was wearing the ring matched her tattoo and also her necklace so she is his property I would hedge a bit on that I was gonna say she is rocking the allegiance to him that as well she does not have much choice though fair and then Kira actually says that they grew up together and he makes a joke about how Corellia sucks which, <laughs> uh, suck <laughs> so then they go into another room I guess to have a meeting and Dryden is kind of laying into Woody for not having the coaxium and not really listening to the excuses and I thought this was really interesting because Kira jumps in and she's like yeah it doesn't matter why you don't have it the fact is that you don't have it so it almost seems like she is a value his equal person yeah she She's acting like his equal. Not his equal, but... But he kind of treats her that way. And he even asks her, like, her opinion before she moves forward with stuff. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice that I do appreciate, rather than, like, the one woman in the room just kind of sitting back and saying nothing. Even though, like, obviously Dryden is a sketchy guy, I think the writing choice was strong to allow Kira to kind of have her own agency. Yeah. And also to show Han how different she is now. I mean, that was huge. I think she is incredibly different now. In those three years, she has changed. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, Dryden is saying he needs a reason not to kill them. And Woody is like, well, what if we deliver what was promised? And Kira is arguing that it would be impossible to find that much coaxium. And Han jumps in and he recommends what if they found unrefined coaxium? And Kira is not for it because she doesn't think it's a good idea. And Dryden points out that he can't risk losing his alliance with, I think they were called the Pikes? Yeah. Because he has an alliance with them and those are the people that have the unrefined coaxium. And then Kira also says that it would destabilize too quickly and they would need to process it somewhere. And then Chewie suggests Savarine for processing it. And Han agrees. He says it's not under any imperial jurisdiction. And then Dryden says that the canisters would explode unless they have a very fast ship and a very fast pilot. And <laughs> Han is like, oh, we already have a very fast pilot. It's me. And then everybody laughs at him. They're like, oh, silly Han. 
on. He's so silly. And then Dryden is like, oh, ha ha ha. Like, he's so hungry. Blah, blah, blah. Kira, what do you think? Do you think that he can do it? And then Kira is like, I believe in him. And then he's like, good, because you're going to go with him. Why? What is the point of that other than to make them fall in love? Yeah, I don't know why he would send Kira because also she wanted to run away. That would be a great opportunity for her to do that. Yeah, I feel like I know people are going to argue like, oh, it was like his insurance to make sure that she knew that she had to do it. But like, how? How is that insurance for her at all? She could, yeah. They could just leave. I guess he just really trusts her. He shouldn't. <laughs> so yeah, then they suggest that they go find a ship. Kira's saying she knows a guy and she is absolutely singing his praises as they go into this dingy little bar. Another Star Wars staple. Dingy bar full of criminals and fighting. Yeah, the fighting was, well, it was all droids. It was sad. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Don't worry, we'll get there. <laughs> and yeah, she is like talking so much about this incredible guy. He's so charismatic and attractive and rich looking and all this stuff. And Han is like, all right, relax, it's fine. <laughs> and guess who it is? It's Childish Gambino. I was going to say Lando, but yes, it is Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover, who we love to see. A.k.a. Lando Calrissian. A.k.a. the guy from Community. Great casting choice. I think he's so good as Lando. The way that he yeah. speaks, he really captured what the other actor sounds like, I think. It yeah. It really well. No, they both actually do an incredible job playing the character that they are representing and a character who already exists, which is hard to do. Also, they <laughs> they made it canon that Lando calls him Han. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is hilarious. They're like, oh, plot hole? We can fix that. <laughs> you know what else I thought was interesting is Lando refers to the ship as the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, that too. But that has also changed throughout it too. It started as the Falcon. It became the Falcon. But I like how it started where Han comes up and he says, oh, so you're playing this game Sabat? And he's like, actually, it's Sabak. Yeah. Han. Actually, it's Han. <laughs> yeah, that was a good moment. So yeah, they have this gambling moment. And we also have Han appears to be hustling is what his game is. Mm -hmm. Because he's like pretending he doesn't know what to do. And he's talking about beginner's luck. And he's also like, I heard you once gambled for a ship. I could never lose my ship, which is this very, very fancy, expensive ship. <laughs> and he plants the seed in Lando's mind. And honestly, I enjoyed this part. I love yeah. in movies when there's like a gambling scene and then somebody definitely wins because they have like the second best hand and then everyone's cheering and then the other guy's like, well, I have to have the best possible yeah. hand. It did yeah. lose a little bit of its value because it was completely made up game that I don't know of. You know the first time I ever saw this play out, this whole gambling thing? Tell me. Casino Royale? Parent Trap. Oh. And she's like, a royal flush. And then Annie has to jump into the lake naked. Did you see this movie? I've seen it, but not <laughs> enough to remember that. I've seen it so many times. They were in summer camp and they were playing and yeah, Hallie wins. Yeah. Well, I do actually really like that trope. It's very fun for me. It's yeah. very predictable, but it's also very fun. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that is what happens when Lando is willing to bet his ship for Han's imaginary ship. <laughs> and it's like big tense moment. Very fun to watch. But then Lando, of course, does win, except Han thinks he's cheating, but he doesn't say anything about it until they're walking away. Yeah. Like he's like, that guy definitely cheated. He couldn't have had that card because they were all played already. Which means that Han was counting cards, which means that he was also cheating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is fun. I like that. They're both like morally gray characters, you know? Yeah. And Lando totally forgets that Han owes him a ship. Yeah. Because it never really comes up again. <laughs> well, honestly, I feel like he probably doesn't want to push it because he knows he cheated and Han could probably push back on that. And also the Falcon was technically at the moment not his ship because he definitely knew it was impounded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole fact that his droid had to like cut through a security fence to get to it, like it just seemed like neither of them really had a ship and both of them were just kind of going for it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So Lando comes and he's like, where's my ship? And then Kira and Lando chat and it's like slightly flirty. Lando is a flirt. He is flirting with everybody. Yes, he is. And we love <laughs> to see it. And then Kira tells him that they need a ship for the Kessel Run, which I recognize the name. The famous Kessel Run. And 
And Lando is like, oh, well, why didn't you say so? Like, I can do it, but I'll need half the take. And then Woody comes up behind him. What's his name again? Beckett. Beckett. And he's like, we'll give you 25%. And then Lando's like 40. And then Woody's like 25. And Lando's like, okay, I'll do it for 25. (laughs) And then some droid named Leah (laughs) screaming for justice. L3, kind (laughs) of. It was a very Leah-esque attitude moment where she was like screaming for the droids to like pay attention and realize that they were being used. Yeah. And talking about droid rights and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I disagree with her, but that I wouldn't be yelling in a crowded bar about it. I'd be like, oh, time to get out. I might be. Yeah, you'd be like, no. Wake up. Yeah. And also, this is the moment when it was confirmed to me that Uh. Leah was wrong in Ah. the Rogue One movie where she was claiming that it was going to be a female robot who falls in love. When we were recording the second Rogue One episode and I was like, could it be Solo? When I said it, I was like, oh my God, it is Solo. And then I just had to pretend like I didn't have this major realization. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, I have a very good prediction as to what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, so she's doing that. And then Lando says that that's his first mate. Her name is L3. And then he takes her away from the situation where she's causing some righteous trouble, but still trouble nonetheless. And, you know, he can't letting that happen and then they go to where the ship is locked up and as I said I was immediately suspicious of the fact that she had to cut down the gate to get to their ship also so stupid where she's like I can't do this while you're looking at me and they all have to look away I hated that that was so dumb I just think it's showing her personality she's definitely she's a little too sassy for me to be honest <laughs> is this the same actor who was what was her name Phasma it is isn't it it sounds like her I'm gonna look that up because I was thinking the same thing which would be great because that's two Game of Thrones characters in the movie. Oh, no, it's not. It's it's not. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Is she in anything else that I would know? She was in, oh, she was in the Indiana Jones movies. Never saw them. Me neither. Oh, she's in the upcoming one. Oh, there you go. And she was in the Harry Styles Treat People with Kindness music video. Whoa. Another thing I'm not familiar with. Oh, she was in Fleabag. Never saw that. Well, anyway, so. Never saw that either. Yeah, it's not Gwendolyn Christie, but I thought it was also, so. Sounds like her. But yeah, so they go to the ship and Han is like, he definitely doesn't have a ship and if he does, it's a piece of junk. And at that point, that's it's going to be the Millennium Falcon, aka Falcon. But you knew it was going to be. Well, yeah, because it's Lando's ship. Yeah. And then Woody sees that the ship is impounded and he's like, yeah, I can get it off, but I'm taking 5% off of your take, you're only getting 20%. And Lando's like, I don't like it, but I accept it. Which is (laughs) kind of funny. (laughs) And then also, somebody put a tracker on the ship. I don't know who that was. Was that the pirates? Emphis Nest. Okay. I thought they died. No, they didn't die. Because they dropped the coaxium and then they flew off. Oh, I thought they blew up with the coax. Like, I thought that the explosion was too big and that they also died. No, no, no. But yeah, so they get onto the ship. Han is a big fan. He is very impressed and he also really likes it because he admits that his dad used to build these kinds of ships. So that's kind of a cool little moment for him where we get a little backstory on him. Yeah, the ships are Corellian and he's Corellian. That is a shipbuilding planet, to be fair. So it's not that big of a surprise. And his dad used to build ships. So who knows? His dad could have built this ship. Yeah, that's very true. The force at work. Is that the force or is that just that's the force. coincidence? Is is the coincidence not the force? Oh, I guess it is in these movies. <laughs> so yeah, and he also does say that he doesn't have a good relationship with his dad in Lando was like same but I love my mom and then Hans I don't know what the point of that was but I guess I don't know either information a little backstory and then Hans sits down in the co-pilot chair and then L3 is like get your presumptuous butt out of my chair or something like that and then she starts setting up for hyperspeed and Han is like well wait it's just a hyperspeed jump like what's so hard about the Kessel Run and then Lando explains it and I didn't write it down did you basically they can't go straight to Kessel they have to divert around so if they're doing hyperspace they kind of have to be like weaving through some other Mm. places so that's why they gotta get it all set up also L3 said something funny when she like sat down she was like groaning like an old lady and she's like oh I'm sticking again you're gonna have to deal with that later Land you also forgot another incredible part where he's explaining it and L3 is like, are you done flirting? And then Lando turns to Han and he's like, you're going to want to buckle up, baby. And I'm like, ooh. 
So he's like, now I'm done flirting. <laughs> I loved that part. And then they jump to hyperspace. And then they go into hyperspace. Yeah. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. When they did see the Falcon for the first time, they did play the like, da, na, 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 na. But it was like slow and dramatic. I didn't notice it. I did. I have failed you. It's okay. Don't fail me again, though. But yeah, I'm actually, I'm enjoying the movie, despite the fact that it has two major things that I absolutely hate in a movie. I, the heist wasn't so bad because it was actually just more of like a fight. And the war was pretty quick also. The war was quick. And I also, I feel like I am Han in that situation where I'm like, I really don't want to be here. I'm not really going to get involved, but I'll just like kind of sit back and hope yeah. that I don't die. <laughs> Yeah. That would be me in a war. But yeah, I think it's really good. I think that the characters are incredibly well cast. Mm -hmm. I love the people I recognize in it. I love Woody Harrelson. I love Childish Gambino. I love Amelia Clark. Mm -hmm. And I think that the two actors that are playing already pre-existing characters are incredible at it. And Chewie, as great. usual, looking luscious. We love to see he, it. He looks great. I love seeing Chewie. I love seeing how they met. I'm not sure that I can guess what happens, though, other than the fact that the droid is going to fall in love with Han and then she's going to die. Yes. So actually... Oh, she falls in love with Lando. Well, her and Lando kind of have like a romantic relationship, I think. Lando has a romantic relationship with everyone, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Lando's a bit of a flirt. I confused Cassian and I can't even remember his name anymore. I forgot it too. Something too. You too. Just kidding. It's not. <laughs> Wait, maybe this will get you to watch Andor. Okay, tell me. <laughs> There's a droid in Andor. They call him B, yeah. but his full name is B2EMO. B2EMO. That's... So it's dumb. So funny. It's so stupid. You're like crying, laughing, trying to tell me this, and it's not even good. It is funny. His name is B2 Emo. Is he? He's a pretty emo droid. He's he is emo. emo. But they never say his full name. They only just call him B, but in the subtitles, B2 Emo. Can I just tell you really quick that when Ryan and I were watching episode four, he said that C3PO is a lot like me. <laughs> <laughs> he would be right. <laughs> he is right. I said, that's what we kept on saying in the oh, show. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So yeah, there you have it. But yeah, I don't think I can guess what's going to happen because it seems like it's just like little random stories. I mean, I'm sure he's going to at some point get control of the ship and then he's going to make the Kessel run in 50 billion parsecs or whatever it's called. <laughs> and then I, I think Amelia is going to die. What's her name? Kira? Kira. Yeah. What do you think her vibe is? It's been a while. She could be different. Yeah. I mean, I'm not getting the sense that she's a good character. Um, I'm guessing that she's good at playing the character that ends up turning out evil and then has to be killed. <laughs> so that would be my prediction. Mm, interesting. And I do think that she's going to die and it's going to be like a cheerful moment or she's going to turn out to be evil, but then she's going to like do the Star Wars thing where it's like, oh, but I am still a little bit good, but then I will do my last good deed as I'm dying. And yeah. then. And Han will be like, oh, I'm so sad. And then him and Chewie will go off on adventures and be besties forever. Yeah. Good predictions. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we'll come back next week for the final episode of the season, if you can yes. believe it. Yes. Oh, this has been a gosh. long season. And we're very close to our one-year anniversary. I actually think it's this week. Is it? Oh, my gosh. Happy anniversary, Leah. Happy anniversary. One whole year. One whole year of friendship. Just kidding. We've only known each other a year. <laughs> wow. I'm trying to think of what year we met each other. Was it 2010? Yeah. Wow. Wow. 12 years. 13. That's a long time. Oh, 13. It's 2023. What year is it? <laughs> I thought it was 2023. We met a long time ago in a galaxy <laughs> far, far away. Yeah. And now we're here. Well, this has been fun. Anyway, we'll see you next week. See you next week, everybody. You've been listening to the It's All Geek to Me podcast, hosted by Leah and Kelly. Make sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player and give us a rating. You can also follow us on Twitter at All Geek Podcast. New episodes drop every Thursday. See you next week.